Hello, and happy 2024. Welcome to another episode of the VML Voice, the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League. I'm your host, Rob Bullington. But I'm not just your humble narrator for these audio adventures. I'm also the editor of VML's magazine, Virginia Town and City. In the December issue of the magazine, our more attentive readers may have noticed an article about the Manassas City Police Department. Suffice it to say that the MCPD takes its accreditation from the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies very seriously. So seriously, in fact, that the department has a dedicated accreditation manager, Mason Riggs, who was good enough to help me put that article together. Thanks, Mason. In this episode of the VML Voice, we talk to City of Manassas Chief of Police Douglas Keene, who has temporarily ceded that role to serve as the city's interim manager. Mason Riggs also joined us for our conversation about accreditation and why it should matter to anyone who cares about responsible, accountable excellence in policing. Let's dive in with Chief Keene. This is Doug Keene. I'm the chief of police for the city of Manassas. Started my career as chief in 2010, but have been with Manassas City since 1989, uh, and I'm currently serving as the interim city manager as well. I started my police career uh, with the town of Vienna. Um, I grew up here in Manassas, but times have changed. When I was getting a job in the 80s, it was very hard and difficult to get your foot in the door with a police agency. I was lucky enough to be selected by Vienna and started there. And then in 1988, when John Connor was killed, Uh, here in the city of Manassas, and I still lived here, it kind of drew me to come home and and police my community. Uh, So as you mentioned, uh, just recently, in November 2023, um, you were named the interim city manager um, by council, um, while they continued to search for another person to fill that role. But you continue to hold the title of police chief, um, but you have named an interim acting chief to delegate daily duties. I guess, you know, before we dive into accreditation, because I know a lot of our members are, they're kind of in the same boat. Like, I'd, it seems like every other day. I'm- Let's start with the separation of the roles. I it was really blessed, right? The police department is in a really good place. Thanks to tie in accreditation to that, right? So mm-hmm. we are in a really good place. We were already managed well. So what I needed was to ensure that I had someone that knew the way I thought, how I wanted things done, that was known to the police department and also knew the city. And lucky enough that Trey Lawler was a retired assistant chief with us, but was working part-time as a school resource officer. So I brought him back because, you know, ultimately when this thing started off, we were like, well, you know, hopefully by March or April, I'll be back. And you didn't want to set those false expectations of getting someone from the outside of, oh, we've got a new chief now. No, I'm coming back. So that's that's the original plan. That's where we're at. And then um, as the city, some of our some of our city leadership has said, they would like to bring this model of management of the police department that is fully supported by them to the rest of the city. 
I remember when the when I saw the announcement about um, what was going to happen sort of come across my desk because I get a lot of those sort of personnel change announcements. My first thought was like, well, that's that's quite a shift, right? Um, you know, <laughs> I, for, for example, I can think of lots of movies and TV shows about police, but I can't think of a single movie or TV show about a city manager. So um, in my mind, they were two different things. But then when I started digging, I realized, I mean, not only do you have a degree in public administration, like we mentioned, but... I mean, you were the assistant city manager as of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And one of your chief accomplishments that's, I mean, it's even listed on the website, is that you reorganized the police department after budget reductions, which is a pretty key skill for a manager of any locality, large or small. Were there any sort of learning curves for you as you as you've taken this on or were you sort of already up to speed? I think I was able to hit the ground running. There were a lot of extra duties that the current city manager was doing that I just don't have the capacity right now to do. You know, a lot of boards, whether they're performing arts uh, boards, uh, board of directors, George Mason University, uh, some other groups that he was involved in that I just don't have the time management to do right now. Mm -hmm. Came in at a, a time when we were short um, so our, the city's organizational structure was a city manager, a deputy city manager, and then we just started in 21 of this assistant city manager role, um, but we don't have a deputy city manager anymore, hmm. didn't have a city manager, was short electric director, short uh, public works director that was on his way out. So lots of changes. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I've had to do is dive in and try to get some management hired to ease up on me a little bit of being the decision maker on a lot of these things. It sounds like the city overall is in a relatively good place. So it's not like you had to immediately start, you know, bailing water or putting out fires. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we were in such good financial shape. The former city manager was here for 10 years, Pat Payton. Mm -hmm financially, the city is in really good shape. Let's dive into accreditation. The Commission of Accredited Law Enforcement Agencies. Do people shorten it by saying Kalea, Kalia, or do you actually say the whole thing every time you say it? Kalia, the Commission on the Accreditation of Law Enforcement Agencies. Okay, so Kalia. Mm -hmm. Just to back it up a second here, the Manassas City Police Department earned its first Commission on Accredited Law Enforcement Agencies, or Kalia, accreditation award in 2001. In 2013, the department earned its first excellence award in accreditation and has held that honor since. And to give some additional context there, 243 law enforcement agencies received accreditation in 2022, but only eight received the excellence award. And I'm, I'm taking that directly from the, uh, the article that Mason put together um, for me. And I would like to just pause for a moment and, and have you reflect on the importance of I mean, that seems incredibly rare. I mean, to, to, to maintain that excellence award since 2013 and to be, you know, among a very small cohort that are doing that. What is the process to achieve the excellence award? Um, is it difficult to complete? And ha how much of a challenge has it been to maintain that? So the excellence award basically entails that you're 100% compliant with all the standards put forward by Kalia. In terms of its difficulty, I, I think the numbers speak for itself in that regard, in that it, it, we are among a, a rare population of police departments 
so I'm going to jump in here and, and help Mason. So go back to the history of it a little bit. So your first step is to become accredited, right? Mm-hmm. To learn that those standards and the workload and the expectations from that. And as you said, we first became accredited in 2001. When you were on the you were on the force at that point, but you weren't obviously the chief until 2010. So you've you've been you've lived this thing for quite some I time. I lived it. Yeah. Yes, I can tell you the the former chief John Skinner when he came in in 1998. That was one of the first things he said: "Is we're going to strive to become accredited." And there was a lot of resistance uh, for that. Because he came from the outside. Um, and I still remember as as a sergeant back then of uh, and and just got from was getting promoted to a lieutenant of asking the question within the organization. Uh, you know, most people were like, ah, we don't need accreditation. We we can do those things. And and my stance even back then was, well, if we could do them, why aren't we doing them? Mm-hmm. And then who's going to hold us accountable to make sure we continue doing them instead of just saying we do. Um, So there was a lot of work and there was some resistance from the current staff back then to do it. Uh, And, and, you know, when you first start out, you're looking to meet the minimum standards, which is 80%. Um, And that's what the former chief wanted to, to, to reach accreditation minimum standards of compliance with 80%. Um, and then when I was appointed in 2010, I'm like, uh, I'm a little bit competitive, as uh, you probably can figure out. I'm like, well, if we can be 80. Why can't we be 100%? And I was teasing Mason a little bit. You, you hopefully you remember who Herm Edwards is former football coach of the Jets. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, there's an ESPN moniker of him where he says you play to win the game. Well, to me, we weren't playing to win the game. We were only playing at 80%. So I said, let's go for 100%. And then we'll determine if if we're only 95%, then we know there's 5% we got to work harder on. And we were lucky enough and worked hard enough and had enough buy-in. We were 100% compliant and we've maintained that standard. And now it's, it's an, I, I'm going to ask Mason to get his take. It's embedded into the organization now. I think everyone knows it's expected and don't, don't expect anything else. I would say deeply so to the point where we have habits throughout the year that people may not even be aware of that this is all from Kalia. Um, and one of the big points that comes with the elect excellence award is our dedication to self-evaluation. So every program, and this goes into the community policing model as well, has an annual report. Uh, so we come together every single year to review the efforts we're putting forward and try to make them better. And a lot of that comes from guidance from Kalia. Okay. Time for a quick break to acknowledge the worthy organizations who make the VML voice possible. Thanks to Dominion Energy, powering your everyday. Virginia Housing, investing in the power of home to help Virginia communities thrive. And GovDeals, all your government surplus needs in one consolidated platform. Thanks. 
And now, back to my conversation with MCPD Chief Douglas Keene and Mason Riggs. Does Calia scale the requirements, even for that base level at 80% accreditation, to the abilities and resources available to that police force? I know that, uh, I know, Chief Keene, you, you um, are a member of the Virginia Association of Police Chiefs. Um, is there discussion about that among the police chiefs? Like, why, why doesn't everyone go for this? And how can we make it easier for everyone to do this? Well, it's a good question. So we also have to separate it out two different ways. You have your your state accreditation process, mm-hmm. um, which is not associated with CALEA, two different programs. And uh, CALEA is, there's nothing wrong with the state program. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. CALEA <laughs> yeah. is the next level, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I've always believed that if you're, if you're already CALEA, the state should automatically accept that as you being state instead of being two different sets of books. Um, and my, and I get in trouble with some of my peers when they tell me oh, I'm not doing accreditation. Uh, why not? What, what you're afraid of. So when people say, ah, oh, we're not, when they go, why are you accredited? I go, you're asking the wrong question. It's not why I'm accredited. It's why aren't you accredited? Best practices, being able to prove it to outside auditors, transparency with your community. Those are all the big components of accreditation through CALEA. So why aren't you doing those things? And when we, you know, in 2020, you know, after the George Floyd death, uh, we kept talking about police reform, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you were accredited through CALEA, there wasn't police reform to be done. You were already doing all the things that they were asking for. That that feeds very nicely. I was going to ask you why a, a local government or its residents should care about accreditation, but you sort of helped me answer that a little bit. I did notice on the, the bio on the city's website that among your achievements um, that are listed there is having restructured the police department's community policing goals. Was that a, a conscious decision around that time to make community-oriented policing um, a priority, and and then how does the CALEA accreditation support that model of policing? So we, I'm going to call it on paper, we began community policing all the way back in the mid-1990s. Yeah, so we started off with, I'm going to call it targeted community policing in some of our um, high crime communities. And then we got away from that because we got some grants out of the cops office, what got it started. But then we kind of maintained the philosophy of how we're going to remain involved, taking the community input, allowing them to evaluate us, having town hall meetings, becoming more transparent mm-hmm. with part of it. And then, um, you know, in 2020, we really wanted to go the next phase of having these more town halls and hearing from the public. And it, it kind of went from the very first protest we had was right on the edge of the city. Hmm. It involved both Prince William County and the city of Manassas. And we had some businesses damaged. We had some cruisers damaged. We had some bottles and rocks thrown at us, but that was mostly people from the outside. When I say the outside, they weren't from Manassas. Uh, We just became a, a hotbed for it. 
So within 10 days, we went from having that protest to me being a guest speaker at community events that were hosted by uh, African-Americans. They're like, hey, you need to come talk and tell people what we do in Manassas. Tell them about our policies. Tell them about accreditation and why that's important to us as the community to know that you're being evaluated by outside assessors, that you already have these policies and programs in place. So within 10 days, we went from, you know, needing our civil disturbance unit to the chief, the guest speaker at one of these events. I'm assuming that the majority of the residents of the city of Manassas don't really know that the police department is accredited. And even if they do, they might not fully appreciate what that means. And it sounds like you've already done a lot of work sort of trying to do some outreach and education there. Is that effort ongoing? Is that something that's sort of at the forefront? Because, I mean, all of these these amazing things that accreditation sort of bestows upon an agency are sort of lost if nobody knows about it. You're absolutely correct. So we tried to educate our community as often as we can to make it a public and almost a partnership with them. The good thing with having someone like Mason on board, uh, you know, as I call it, I, I drink the Kalia Kool-Aid 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, when we first started it. Mason has already started drinking the Kalia Kool-Aid. So as we get new staff on board, Mason's already educating them. And I would be surprised if even our newest officers couldn't tell you a little bit about accreditation. That's the biggest thing is they can talk about it to almost everyone. That's fantastic. So, uh, Mason, um, could you just sort of describe briefly what your role is? I, I can't, uh, My initial take was that you were sort of a, a public relations um, person, but it sounds like you're doing a lot more than just that. So my prior experiences was on the community services section where I was the public information officer. I have since transitioned to the accreditation manager role and what that job entails is managing our CLIA accreditation. So the accreditation process is a four-year cycle. We have four web-based reviews and one on-site. Uh, in that process, we have to come up with uh, both policies and proofs that we are compliant with those policies from uh, CLIA. And we will present those every single year up until our on-site. They will then come in and interview citizens, interview employees, public officials, and my job is to facilitate that process. My next question then uh, for Chief Keene, being accredited, how does that affect the relationship with the city's elected leaders? And now that you're in a position of being at least interim city manager, what's your your angle on it um, as somebody who's now even working even more closely with council on a regular basis? Yeah, I'm going to give you a very good perspective, I believe, that shows that relationship and how we as a police department make sure that our elected officials understand accreditation and the importance of that. So in 2020, when the protest uh, for police reform started, and especially here in Northern Virginia, you had elected bodies making knee-jerk decisions, right? get the cops out of the schools, get your policies changed, uh, you know, reduce the size of your force. Mm -hmm. Um, And our body is a majority Democratic, Democratic mayor. Um, We had one Republican on the city council. 
we were the only jurisdiction, maybe in Virginia, definitely in Northern Virginia, that when other jurisdictions were coming out publicly saying their police departments need to change, ours is the only one that did a public resolution in support of the police department and our accreditation process. So, uh, and our schools were the only jurisdiction that said, we don't, we don't want Manassas City Police out of our schools. We'd like you to fund more police, to put more police in our schools. Hmm. Uh, so we were doing everything just the opposite. But I think that that, that public resolution just spoke so loudly of our support by our elected leaders that that I think for some it's been a draw where I get these questions. Man, what did y'all do differently than everybody else? Well, we just police based upon, I call it the Manassas way and the Kalia way. Uh, we're doing best practices. We're, we're not afraid of change. We're not afraid to have someone else come in and evaluate us. And if they look and find something we should do better or differently, we're okay to try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll go back the other way. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, do you happen to know how many police departments in Virginia are accredited by Kalia? There's two with excellence in Northern Virginia, up Prince William County. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure about the totals in Virginia. Uh, across the U.S., it's just under 800. No, so it's not not a, not a very large number, really, given. No, and, and it is an inter, uh, international organization. So you have police departments from outside uh, the U.S. as well. Do you have opportunities to sort of liaison or, or work with, um, you know, law enforcement agencies around the world? So I've yet to go to a CLIA conference. Uh, I believe that'll be our opportunity to interact with any entities from outside the country. We do have a strong network of agencies within Virginia mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, inner communication is done through that platform, not necessarily outside of the jurisdiction of Virginia. And I, I think that goes into state policy and it, it just makes more sense to collaborate within uh, your own state. However, there should be great opportunity uh, at the conference to meet other agencies and see how they're running things uh, outside of Virginia. Where is the conference? The next one will be in Alabama. And the one we will be going to is in, I believe, Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem. Um, and then after that, so they're doing three a year so they can bring in the 800 people, 800 agencies, all uh, get their accreditation at different times. So they kind of spread that out. And then the next one after that, I believe, is Jacksonville. Oh, right. um, so we have a couple different ones to, to choose from, but for some reason – Hopefully you're not from Alabama. Alabama just doesn't seem appealing to me. <laughs> I was Jackson hoping you'd say like, you know, Barcelona or London or something. <laughs> but, you know, sure. Why not? Alabama. It's it's it, there's a lot going on there. Uh, you know, we're we're the greatest country in the world. And it is it is eye opening when you go to a conference and you get to whether it's whether it's a CLIA conference or the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Right. Conference. Mm-hmm. And you get to interact with agencies from around the world. Uh, it gives you a different perspective on things. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I mean, I'm sure that's a, just that I know that for like local electeds, it's a huge thing for them to be able to interact with people like also on council in other parts of Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you go to these uh, and you and then you get put, I'm going to call it a, a miniature 
Senate hearing, right? So when you go, <laughs> you sit in front of the board and they can ask you anything they want off of that assessment. Really? Wow. I've, I've seen either chiefs or sheriffs get up and walk out because oh. they have failed the audit or the inspection or the accreditation process, whatever words you want to put on that. Uh, I mean, get angry and stand up and walk out um, with, you know, an announcement. We will no longer be doing accreditation. And then I'm, I'm knocking on my wood table is then I get up there and they start asking me how do I did how I did this program because they want to take it back to their agency or how is your female population at 22 percent? I've been I've been truly blessed that. Our staff has worked so hard to get us to this level that when I'm when I'm at that hearing, it's all questions about how how we're doing things, not why are we doing things. I mean, you you know whether you're accredited or not before you get there. It's not like it's a big surprise when you you get in front of them and they say yes, you made it or no, you didn't, right? No, you you have a report. However, that board has a public vote to pass you or not at that moment. That must be a very uh, stressful, uh, anxious time for, for people that are there. Yeah, that's the reason I want to get Mason to one of these conferences. <laughs> <laughs> so that was going all the way back when we first became accredited as, as an agency under Chief Skinner. You know, I was one of these people going, hey, I want to go to a conference. And I still remember that first conference of going, wow, they're going to ask those questions. And, and some of the leadership respond and act almost childish in my viewpoint. Or, you know, when you're sometimes when you're dealing with an elected sheriff, they have a different perspective on things. You know, doesn't matter if I'm accredited. My body elected me to be the sheriff. So what? Right. Wow. OK. You know, it's almost why are you here then if you have that attitude? As you said, it, it can be very stressful if they've identified things or uncovered things that are questionable. Hmm. You know about it, but you don't know you're going to be asked about it. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you all, though, before we get off the phone, because I just noticed that um, just last year, it, it, you all opened a new state-of-the-art public safety facility, if I'm not mistaken, that now has the police department, the emergency operations center, the Information and Technology Division, and the Fire Department's administrative staff all under one roof. Uh, has that has that been a big game changer? Because um, it sounds like it was a long time coming. I'll give my perspective. Now, Mason didn't work at the old building at all, did you, Mason? Well, there? I, I logged yeah, a couple months in there. Yeah, a couple months there. So for me, the biggest changes were four stories now. Um, we're before we were a single story and had wings. And the chief's office and the admin section is on the fourth floor. For me, it's the interaction. I need to make sure that I am very pointed and make an effort to get to each floor to interact with our staff. I think that's the era of leadership that we're in. You know, in my my years of policing, as a young officer, really the last person I wanted to see at a roll call was the chief. But today's environment is our staff. They want to see the chief at roll call and be able to ask him or her questions. Mm -hmm. And so now I have to be very direct and making sure I make the time and the effort to get down there. Uh, it's just it's just different. Again, just my perspective on things. It's it's important for them to hear what the expectations are of the chief and that he or she 
recognizes the hard work, the efforts they're putting behind things to be able to explain why we do certain things. Because if I can't explain why we're doing it, then why are we doing it? You know, and that can be something as simple as, hey, I I need you all to put an effort into doing some foot patrols at this apartment complex. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to do that? Well, I should be able to explain the importance of doing that and the need to do that. Uh, It shouldn't be because I said so. I mean, that's an easy answer, but I should be able to say these are the reasons why. And I usually, for the most part, again, I'm very blessed. I get the, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I would say 99% of the time. Uh, It's rare that I get pushback after I'm able to explain it. Thank you. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Chief Keene, I truly appreciate it. And if I hear of anybody making a movie or a TV show about interim city managers, I'm going to steer them (laughs) your way. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, that's the end of this episode of the VML Voice. I know I've learned a lot about police department accreditation, and I hope you did too. Thanks again to our sponsors, Dominion Energy, Virginia Housing, and GovDeals. And of course, many thanks to Chief Keene and Mason Riggs for their time and everything they do for the residents of the city of Manassas. And if you have ideas about a movie or television series about a chief of police acting as an interim city or a town manager, send them along. I've got just the guy to play the lead. And now, here is this episode's VML Voice of Reason. So within 10 days, we went from, you know, needing our civil disturbance unit to the chief's the guest speaker at one of these events.